Well, good morning, good morning. It's so good to see you guys here. Thank you guys so much for being with us, whether you are joining us in person or online. Hey, we made it through daylight savings time. We're probably all gonna wanna be in bed by seven o'clock tonight, but uh, we're here and I'm so glad that you guys are with us this morning. For those of you who may be visiting with us, my name is Stacy. My husband, Chris, and I have been attending Crosstown now for 18 years or so. And um, Pastor Paul is out of town and asked me to come and share with you guys today. So I'm excited to continue in our series, The Real Stimulus Package. Last week, Pastor Paul started talking to us about um, the Holy Spirit and why we might need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he gave us some reasons on why we need the Holy Spirit. One of those was he said that we need divine empowerment to do this life. Have you guys realized that? I don't know about you, but I have realized I can't do this on my own. I, I just can't. I need something beyond myself to do this, especially with what we've been through in the last year. Can you believe it's the one year anniversary of when the pandemic hit? A year ago this weekend is when the governor shut everything down. I'm like, man, what a year it has been. Another thing that Pastor Paul reminded us or taught us last week that really resonated with me, he said, you know, miracles are not Jesus fixing things. How many of us want Jesus to fix something in our life? I just want the fix. I have been there. I understand that. But miracles he was teaching us are Jesus saying something. Miracles were indicating Jesus saying something, not just fixing something. And then one of the last reasons he gave us that we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is because there is a need for hope beyond what we can see in the physical world. There is a need for hope beyond what we see in the physical world. And in the last year, we have learned more than ever that there is a need for something greater than us. It doesn't matter who's president of the United States. It doesn't matter what's going on. There is a desperation, I think, not only in the American people, but in our world to see something beyond what we can see in our physical world. We need a hope that supersedes our circumstances. And I think that's really, that, that really resonated with me. So every year, um, for the last, I don't know, eight or nine years, our family picks a word that we, my husband prays about it and he really feels like God gives him a word. Um, sometimes I say, I don't know if that's the word God gave us. I think it's this and nope, I'm not right. God always gives the word to my husband and tells him what our word is. And so um, this year, as we were preparing to enter into this year, he really felt like God gave him the word hope. And a lot of times when you hear the word hope, you think, oh, that's gonna be great, that's gonna be fun. Like one year he gave us the word joy. We're so, sort of slow learners, and so he's really um, demonstrative. He really just comes forward and teaches us in very practical ways. So the year that our word was joy, we actually got to go visit a place and it translated land of joy. I literally was praying and saying, God, should we take this trip? I don't know if we should do this trip. And then I looked up the meaning of the word where we were going and it meant land of joy. And it was our year of joy. I'm like, all right, that's a yes for me. We're going. So, you know, and then a couple of years ago, you guys remember the big snowstorm that happened um, in January a few years ago? You can thank the McLeans for that because our word that year was abide. And so for five days, the entire city shut down and we abided, we remained, we dwelled at home and had the time of our lives. And then last year, our word was family. 
I got stuck 21 days in quarantine with the five people that live in my house, y'all. I was like, all right, God, I get it, I get it. So this year our word was hope. And so when Pastor Paul started talking about that last week and the idea that we need hope beyond something that we can see in the physical world, that really resonated with me because I think for a lot of us, we have lost our ability to see. Circumstances have happened to us because of us or not because of something we've done, because of the pandemic, um, because of the loss that's around, because of the injustice that's in this world. But there have been some serious circumstances that have occurred, some, some troubles that we have faced. And I think for a lot of us, we simply have forgotten what it looks like, what, what our vision is, what our sight is, and our hope has been lost because of that. And um, I think God wants to give us back some of our sight today. I think God wants to restore that hope in us, his church, so that we can send that hope forth to the world around us. Um, I want you to hear about how the Apostle Paul talks about this hope in Romans 8. He tells us about this hope, and he tells us about how God created the world to be. Listen as I read this, Romans 8, 19 through 25. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. That idea, the revealing of the sons of God, it's just saying creation is waiting for those in Christ, those of us who are in Jesus Christ, the world is waiting for us to be revealed to them so that they can see the hope that's in us, which is Jesus Christ. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. God knew when he created the world that he was creating it with humans in it and that we were gonna mess up. But he said, I've got a plan for that. Jesus was never plan B, you guys. He was the plan all along. It is in him that we have our hope. And God knew that from the very beginning. For in this hope, we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. The world is waiting for us to step into that hope and to show that hope because for so many of us, we have lost our sight. We've lost our ability to hope because it's been deferred for so long. How many of you were hoping that this would happen or that this next thing would happen all throughout 2020? It was so hard. I did a lot of research on um, how this long-term crisis was gonna affect our mental status. And one of the things is it really hindered our ability to look into the future and to plan things because we didn't know. It was We were uncertain. We had lost our sight. We had lost our ability to see in to what was going to happen. And so for so many of us, we've lost that. But God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit, the stimulus package. He has given us this so that we can get our sight back, so that we can regain our sight, because a lot of us just have lost it. And that's it's understandable in what we've been through in the last year. Um, you guys probably know the story of the Apostle Paul. If you're familiar um, with that at all or you've been in church, you know the story of the Apostle Paul. He was a man named Saul who was out on a mission to kill, murder Christians. And God met him. Jesus in, encountered him on the road to Damascus and a light blinded him. But I want you to hear about what happens after Saul is blinded on the road to Damascus because I really think it helps us understand 
understand what it's like to get our sight back. So there was this guy, this disciple of Jesus Christ named Ananias. And Ananias was a man just like we are, and he was praying. And while he was praying, God came to him in a vision, and God said to him, Ananias, there's a man named Saul, and I want you to go to the house where he is. God was very specific in this, and I want you to tell him that I sent you because Paul is also praying right now, and Paul was having a vision at the same time, and God was saying to Paul, hey, I'm going to send you this guy Ananias, and he's going to restore your sight. Listen in Acts 9, 17, what happens. So Ananias departed, and he entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants us to regain our sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can bring hope to the hurting world around us. That's what the world is waiting for us. The world is groaning. That's what it said in Romans, that the creation is groaning, waiting eagerly for the sons of God to be revealed. So the world is waiting on us. I don't know about you, but there have been so many times in the last year that I have thrown my hands up and said, God, where are you? What are you doing? And I think God's saying, hey, I'm waiting on you to get on your knees and ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that you can go. His word tells us that he's created work for us to step into. He's created it for us to step into. The world is waiting on us and God has given us these gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's given us spiritual gifts so that we can be empowered by him to take his love, his hope, his compassion, his forgiveness, his peace that is, supersedes anything that we can see in the physical world. So if you're asking yourself, like I would be asking myself, well, how are the gifts of the Spirit different than natural talents or abilities? Because I'm telling you that God, through his Holy Spirit, is pouring out spiritual gifts for us. But how are they different? How do I know if I'm walking in my gifting or if it's just a natural talent or ability? I think about it this way. I think about polarized lenses. You know, we live in Charleston, so we've probably all been out on the water and it's a sunny, bright day and you just can't see through the water because of the glare. You put on a pair of sol uh, polarized lenses, that mitigates, those polarized lenses mitigate that glare so that you can see straight through the water. There's a chemical that they put on that lens so that your natural eye can see what was already there, but you couldn't see it because of the glare. That's kind of the difference between natural ability and spiritual gifts. There's a difference there. Our natural abilities, there's some things that just come natural for us. Some of us are more creative. Some of us can paint. Some of us can write. Um, those are natural abilities. Some of us have a gift of public speaking. Like I just have a natural ability to public speaking, but that is not a spiritual gift. God has given me a spiritual gift of teaching. So if you walk out of here today and you think, man, I heard a word from God. Stacy delivered a word from God. What happened is God took the natural ability that he gave me, it's just common to be able to publicly speak without stuttering or being afraid or you know, saying a lot of ums or whatever. And then he infuses me with his Holy Spirit. He pours out his spirit through a spiritual gift of teaching. And that's what penetrates the heart. That's what transforms lives. Me, 
I can't do that. It doesn't matter how smart I am, how creative I am, how many notes I have written to you. I, by myself, in my own self, have no power to transform you or in any way, shape, or form. If that happens to you today, that is the spiritual gift of teaching that God has given to me. And I'm stepping into the gift that God has given me. So that's kind of the difference between natural abilities and gifts. He may use what is already a natural ability that you have, but then when his Holy Spirit pours out the spiritual gift, it enhances it and it makes it better than anything you could have done on your own. He doesn't always work that way. Sometimes he gives you a spiritual gift that is truly, clearly nothing but a spiritual gift. I have seen it happen. There are people that I love dearly with all of my heart and they are all over the place when you talk to them and they're like here and there and everywhere. And then all of a sudden I'll say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling. I need you to pray for me. And it is like, boom. And then they just start speaking a word of God over me in prayer. That is a spiritual gift. That isn't anything that they had to do. It's just something that the Spirit of God gave to them. Spiritual gifts are given to us by God through His Holy Spirit, and they're just that. They're God-given gifts of grace for us. They're acts of grace so that we can be divinely empowered, so that we can see the power of God at work in our lives. The world needs to see the power of God in the church of Jesus Christ. That is what the world is waiting for. The world thinks that they're waiting for their stimulus check and they may have gotten excited this weekend when their stimulus check hit their bank account. But guess what? That money too is going to run out. But the power of God will never ever run out. And that is what the world is longing to see. They're longing to see the people of God empowered by the spirit of God to bring about the hope of Christ into the darkness. The Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church at Corinth and he's telling them, he's talking to them about spiritual gifts. And he tells them four things. Well, he tells them a lot of things, but we're only gonna look at four. Pastor Paul will continue next week with this. But today we're gonna look at four things that the Apostle Paul is telling them um, in 1 Corinthians 12. If you wanna know, that's where he's talking to them about spiritual gifts. And he's telling them four different things. The first thing he says to them, he, he has a call to learn more about them. He, want, he gives them a call to learn more about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. He is telling them, hey, listen, I don't want you to be uninformed on this subject of spiritual gifts. You know why the Apostle Paul said that? Because they're confusing. They can be hard to understand. I mean, you go talk to any number of people in any number of churches, and you're going to get 10 different ideas, thoughts, and insights on spiritual gifts. It's not like, oh, yeah, everybody believes the same thing. Everybody knows. But the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I don't want you to be uninformed. And for many of us, because we don't understand spiritual gifts or we don't know how spiritual gifts work, or we don't know much about spiritual gifts or the Holy Spirit or any of that, we kind of just ignore it. We just pretend like, well, you know, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Yes. But the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know about these spiritual gifts. I think for so many of us, we have been passively thinking about Jesus, and he is calling us to actively pursue him. See, I think for a lot of us, we've just been passive in our relationship. I mean, if it works in my schedule, I'll come to church on Sunday morning. If it doesn't work for my schedule, then, you know, I'll catch the podcast later in the week. 
No condemnation for you if that's where you are, okay? If you're watching us online today, I'm not bringing this word to bring condemnation. I'm telling you, though, God is saying, stop being passive about it. Actively engage his Holy Spirit. Begin pressing in. For too many of us, apathy has replaced pursuit in our relationship with God. For too many of us, apathy has replaced pursuit. We are too busy getting excited and pursuing the next Netflix series that we're binging rather than pursuing the word of God and reading and pressing in so that we can be well-informed about what God's word says about spiritual gifts that are given to us by the Holy Spirit. We spend our time on other things and God is saying, stop being passive and actively pursue this, actively pursue me. And when we do that, God meets us right where we are. I am telling you, he will meet you where you are and he will start answering you. You start praying and asking God and he will start answering. For the last couple of weeks, I've been praying that God would speak to my kids. I'm like, God, I want them to practice hearing your voice. I want them to know what it sounds like. Let me just tell you, in between the two services, God answered that prayer with a huge exclamation point. We had a man visiting from Texas. He came up to me afterwards to give me a word of encouragement. And I was like, man, that's so nice. I appreciate that. Thank you. And then my son, who's 13, happened to be standing next to me. And this dude was tall, you guys. He was like at least seven feet tall, at least. And he looks at my son and he said, hey, what's your name? And my son said, my name's Joshua. And he said, "Um, would you go by Josh or Joshua? And he said, well, either, but we are real particular. His name is Joshua. God named him Joshua. That's what we call him. But you know, Joshua was just being nice. He's like either. And the man said, "Um, well, do you know what Joshua means? And he said, yeah, it means God saves. And he said, yeah. He said, you know what Josh means? And Joshua was like, no. He goes, it means nothing. God has spoken a word over your life. Know that this is an instant from God where God is meeting you here to speak to you this morning. I prayed about that and God showed up in a powerful way this morning. We need to be pursuing God, asking God for those demonstrations of the power of God. Because I can promise you, my son Joshua will remember today for the rest of his life when this big tall man who plays basketball is speaking this and my son's just falling in love with basketball and working out and wanting to get better at it. And the guy's like, hey, here's my phone number. Call me anytime, text me anytime you got questions about basketball. And don't forget, God's got a calling on your life. I mean, that's an answer to prayer. That is the power of the Holy Spirit being poured out so that we can see that. But for a lot of us, we've moved from apathy. I mean, we're just sitting in a place of apathy instead of a place of pursuit. We need to be informed about the spiritual gifts. In Acts 9, between 9 and 10, do you know that Peter heals a paralytic, raises a dead girl, goes and has a vision to talk to an Italian centurion and bring salvation to his whole family. That is the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. It happens in like two chapters in Acts. I mean, not to mention the rest of Acts or the rest of the gospel accounts or the other stories and the epistles and the letters that we have throughout the New Testament of the power of God that is available to you and I today. But for so long, we've just been comfortable. It's just been like, yeah, I'll go to church. I think that time of being comfortable is coming to an end. And God is saying, it is time for the church of Jesus Christ to wake up, to step into the calling that I have called them, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to live out that calling so that the world can see the love of God demonstrated. He's asking for our sight. 
to come back. I think we need to move away from singing Jesus loves me to being on our knees, asking God to pour out more of his spirit on us because his word tells us in Ephesians 4.20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. God is able to do more than I can even think, more than my mind can perceive, more than your mind can perceive. And I know if you're like me, there are times when I go to God and I want him to fix this problem, deal with this, make me comfortable here, make it easy here. And he's saying, you don't even know. I can do far more abundantly than you can even think in your mind. I can do that. And the power to do it is at work within me. It's at work within you. If you are in Christ Jesus, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that's the power that's alive. That's the power that's active in our lives. But for some of us, it's kind of just laying dormant because we're not pressing in. I mean, I had to get up this morning. I had to pray and ask God to speak to my son. I had to get up this morning. I had to come and do this. And that gave opportunity for God to use this man that I have never met before to speak a word of encouragement over my son that will probably stay with him the rest of his life. That is a powerful thing. And that's the kind of God that we serve. I mean, you know, that's glory to God on that one is all I can say. God's good like that. The next thing the Apostle Paul is showing us in 1 Corinthians 12 is that the Spirit gives as he wills. The Spirit gives us a gift as he sees fit to give us a gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. See, I didn't get to pick that God was gonna give me a spiritual gift of teaching. I didn't get to choose that. God chose that for me. If I was in charge, thank goodness I'm not, but if I was, I would have chose to be able to lead you in worship. I wanna be Deanna. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I look at Deanna and I think the freedom, I just could do it. Come on, God, if you would just let me sing. You guys will never hear me sing, okay? Because I don't have that gift. But I think some of us look to other people and we think, man, look at how God's using them. I want God to use me that way. Instead of looking at other people and wanting the gift that God has given them, start asking God, show me the gift that you have given me, God, because God has given you a good and perfect gift, rightly fitted for you because the Spirit gives as he sees fit. The Spirit gives to everyone as he wills. And guess what? God told me. You're not smarter than me, girl. You don't know more than I know. So just trust me and step in the gifting that I have given you. I resisted my gift of teaching for a long time. It's not lost on me that I'm a female standing on stage teaching on a Sunday morning. I've lost, you know, that, that was a hard thing for me. But one of the things a man said to me in between services, he was like, hey, don't stop preaching the word. God's called you to preach the word. And so when I finally stepped into my gifting, instead of wanting to sing and do worship, then I'm stepping into my gifting because God has given to me and to each one of us how he sees fit. God has a gift rightly fitted for you. Ask him to show you that if you don't know what it is. The apostles knew this too. Listen to what happened in Acts 6, 1 through 5. So remember, Acts is kind of the Acts of the Apostles. It's the beginning of when God was pouring out the Holy Spirit and starting his church. And in Acts 6, it says, Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists, those are the Greek Jews, rose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. 
Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. See, Instead of working in someone else's gifting or wanting a gift that someone else has, we need to step in the gift that we have and we need to stay focused on the gift that God's given us. And for some of us, we don't know what that is because we haven't stepped out in any of it. And God's saying today is the day. And please hear this. We are not coming to you, teaching to you about the power of the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit so that we can get more volunteers in kids' church. I mean, yes, would we like more volunteers in kids' church? Yes, but this is so much more than trying to get, this has nothing to do with volunteers at the church. So if that's what you walk away with today, that's not what it is. God is calling his church to step in to the calling that God has given to each one of us so that as the church of Christ, we can step into the darkness that is around us so that we can step into the world that is hurting and we can bring about the hope of Jesus Christ to the hurting. That's what he's calling us. It's more than what happens in the walls of this building. No, this is like going to the gas station and putting gas in your car so that you can go to the places that God's sending you. So when we leave here today, we wanna be full of the Holy Spirit, walking in the gift that God has for each one of us. The next thing that the Apostle Paul tells them is everyone gets empowerment. Every single person who is in Christ gets a gift of the Holy Spirit. They get empowerment through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each individual person is given a spiritual gift by God as he sees fit for the common good of the church, for the building up of the church so that when the church is on display, the entire world can see the power of God working. There is no other place where you can see so many different people, different backgrounds, different looks, different shapes, different attitudes, different cultures coming together to, as one united body working together. And that's what he's calling us to do. Every person gets this empowerment. For a lot of us, we live in a mentality or a belief where, you know, I mean, those spiritual gifts are only for the people who are on stage. That is a lie. That is not true. God has a gift for you to step into. God has a gift for every single one of us. There are no superstars in the Christian world. Nothing. That doesn't work. There is no, oh, us and them. It is a us in Christ. It is not a separation, but so often we do that to ourselves. I do it all the time. I look at other people who teach the word of God and I'm like, man, man, look at them. That's so much better. I don't have that. And God's like, girl, quit looking at those other people and put your eyes back on me because I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. If you ask for it, I'm going to give you more of my spirit. And so every single person is empowered. Every single person who is in Christ receives a gift of the Holy Spirit. Every single one. I don't care if you're 13 years old or if you're 98 years old. If you are in Christ Jesus, you have been given a, a gift from the Spirit of God and he is calling you as long as there is breath in your lungs to walk in the gift that he's given you. He's given it to you so that the church can be blessed by it, so that the church of Christ will represent the glory of God. Spiritual gifts are others focused. You know, 
when we are walking in our gifts, it is going to be others focused, not just for us. Yes, maybe I will sometimes receive a blessing from my spiritual gift, like I did today for my son. Thank you. But again, that was for my son. That was a word for my son today that he can hold on to. But that's spiritual gifts are really others focused. First Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together because we are one in Christ Jesus. But individually, each one of us need to be working together as one unified front. One of the last things the Apostle Paul says to us, he's like, listen, I don't want you to be uninformed about this. I want you to know everybody gets a gift as God sees fit. Step in that gifting that God gives you. And then one of the last things that he's telling us, it is not optional. There is a call to immersion, that we are called to be on the playing field. It is time for us to stop sitting on the sidelines and letting our pastors lead us. It is time for us to step into the calling. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy earnestly desire those spiritual gifts. He is saying, you need to desire having spiritual gifts. Man, he convicted me on this one. I'm just going to tell you because earnestly desiring, I started thinking about what I earnestly desire. Okay. How many of you drink coffee? Anybody in here drink coffee? All right. Hallelujah. I drink me some coffee. Anybody coffee connoisseur in the room? All right. If you're wondering if you're a coffee connoisseur, you're not. I love you, but you're not, okay? Let me tell you, I, as for me in my house, we are connoisseurs of coffee. So much so that I probably have five or six different types of coffee machines in my house. I know it's a problem. Don't judge me. Uh, uh, different machines in my house. I have a French press. I have a Chemex. I have a Turkish coffee maker. I have a regular coffee pot. I have a Keurig. And then, oh, and then, last Mother's Day, my husband came in with this big, giant box. And I'll be honest, my first thought was, uh, he knows I don't like big, giant boxes. I like little, tiny boxes, you know, because I want jewelry. That's the way to my heart. I was like, all right, but, you know, my man knows me, so he, he probably knows what he's doing. I opened it up. It was the most amazing coffee pot I've ever had in my entire life. I am no longer searching for a coffee pot. Never, ever again. This is it. I am done, you guys. He gave me this gift of this coffee pot. It, is, it brews the perfect cup of coffee. It, I don't even know how it does it, but it takes the beans and it grinds them individually for every single cup that we brew. And it has the perfect amount of froth on the top of the cup. I mean, it's a process at my house, you guys. Like My husband had to show me and teach me how to use this. So when you get the cup, you got to put the cream and the sugar in it. And as it's brewing, you got to stir so that you don't mess up the froth at the end, because at the end it like steams it and it froths it. And it is like, yeah, it's so good. So I love, love my coffee pot. I mean, and I think about coffee when I go to bed at night, it's one of the last things I'm just being honest. It's one of the last things I think about is I can't wait to get up and have my coffee in the morning. Last weekend, we were away at Women's Encounter. And um, ladies, if you were with me, that coffee pot in the room, I don't care what kind of coffee you brought, that coffee pot was not right, y'all. It didn't even brew my coffee hot. I took my same Illy coffee. I took it. I brewed it. I was like, it can't be that different. It's a coffee pot. Y'all, it was so bad. It was not good. I even texted my husband, and the next morning, and I just said, you know, I just want you to know I'm really missing the coffee pot. 
I mean, I'm missing you too, but man, I'm missing the coffee pot. There was an eager desire in my heart to get home and to have coffee out of my coffee pot that my husband gave me as a gift. That is an earnest desire. And honestly, I had to ask myself, when is the last time that I had earnestly desired the Spirit of God in my life, the way I desire my coffee. When is the last time that you told God you were longing for His Spirit in your life? When is the last time you eagerly and earnestly went before Him and said, God, give me more of your Spirit. I want a spiritual gift poured out on me through the power of your Spirit. When's the last time we eagerly and earnestly sought that out? It's hard to answer sometimes because we've lost our sight and today God wants to restore it. God is doing miraculous things here at Crosstown. It has been amazing. I could stand here and tell you for the next 30 minutes all of the incredible things that God has been doing through the power of his Holy Spirit over this last year from emails that are coming in all across the country, people having dreams about our church, never even heard of our church and saying, man, God came to me in a dream and told me about your church. I looked it up. I just want you to know, I feel like the spirit of God's gonna be poured out on your church. Y'all, that's crazy, right? But that is the spirit of God. That is what's happening. Can I tell you about all of the healings that have happened? People who have been healed of cancer that they should not be healed of. How many people have been set free from addictions? I mean, you just go talk to Pastor Ben. He will tell you some of these stories that are so incredible. Just last weekend, you know, I was preparing for Encounter Weekend And um, one of the things that I really felt like God wanted to teach last weekend was that he wanted these women to know that he had named them. And because he had named them, they belonged to the family of God. And so like a good Bible teacher, I went in, found me a verse about naming. There's a verse in Revelation actually. And it says, and once you've conquered, I will give you a new white stone with your name on it. And so Laurel and I were teaching, she's super creative. She's like, yeah, we should give out white rocks. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. A couple of weeks go by and I literally have anxiety over it because I was like, God, I don't know how to do that. And like, I don't know what to do with the right white rocks. And so I just kind of literally was like, God, if you want it to happen, it's going to have to happen. How many of us do that all the time? Like if God wants it to happen, well, sometimes he is saying, girl, get in the ring and start fighting, start working, start doing it. And so thank goodness my girl Laurel was in the ring for me. And she, the day before we left for the retreat, she sent me a link to Home Depot. She said, hey, here are the rocks. Why don't you go buy those rocks? And I was like, okay, I guess I will. So I ordered these bag of rocks, $11.99, white Caribbean rocks from Home Depot. I take them home. She's like, you got to wash them first. So I take them in my laundry room and I get the rocks out and I start washing them. I turn on some praise music because I'm like, I'm going to feel God. This is going to be powerful. I felt nothing. I felt nothing. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go through the motions. I washed all these rocks, take them into the kitchen. I sit them down. I start writing out words. And you would think by this point, like I would be feeling it, right? You think like the heavens open and like all kinds of stuff. No, I'm not feeling anything. I'm just doing it because I was like, okay, I think God told me to do it. So I had to trust him in it. I get all those rocks. I put them in my car, praying over every single rock. God, let this rock speak what you want to speak to this woman. And I'm still being honest with you. I was kind of doubting it. And we pull up to Litchfield, the hotel where we were, and I walk into the lobby to check in. Let me just tell you, Shay, the sweet lady that checked me in, you know what Shay's mask had on it? White rocks with the word God and faith and love and hope. You tell me I'm making that up. I'm not making it up. That is the power of God. That's how he 
takes ordinary rocks from Home Depot and he says, wait until the power of God is poured out. And then I had the opportunity and the privilege to stand in that room that night as those women held those rocks in their hand. And I have heard the stories and saw how God healed their brokenness. And when I saw Shay, I said, Shay, I love your mask. I have rocks with words on them. And she, God had already told me, give her a rock. And I said, I'm gonna give you a rock. Do you know that the rock, I don't remember what the word was on the rock because that was for Shay, but she said, that's exactly the word I needed to hear from God. That is beyond any human's ability. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what happens when we step into the spiritual gifts that God has given us through His Holy Spirit. As we move into this time of expression, it's time for us to ask God. He's saying, I don't want you to passively sit by anymore. I know the last year has been hard and difficult and it has stolen our energy. It has stolen our perseverance from us. But today is the day that is to end. God is saying, step into the calling I have given you. So as we move into this moment of expression, it is our opportunity to respond to what God is saying to us. Are you asking God to give you more of His Spirit? Ask Him today. Be brave. Be bold enough to ask Him today to give you more of His Spirit. I promise you, you are worth it to Him. If you feel like you are not, that is a lie. He wants to give you more of His Spirit. Are you pursuing the spiritual gifts? Are you pursuing love? If not, what's stopping you from seeking more of God in your life? Are you afraid? Are you uninformed? Maybe today during this moment of expressions, it's time for you to go to the back and ask one of our elders and pastors to pray over you. Or maybe it's time for you to come to the cross and to write down that thing that just keeps blocking you, stopping you from doing it. Or maybe you're not sure and you sit right there and you ask God to speak to you because he is here in this place and he's speaking to us. And according to his word, he can do abundantly more than we could ever think or imagine because there is a work inside of us. There is power inside of us that is working through the power of His Holy Spirit. God, we thank you this morning that you are here with us, that you are not far from us, that you are not a distant God. You are not a God who has forsaken us. Even if we don't see you and we don't feel you today, we know that you are here in this place and we thank you. God, I am asking and we are coming together. I'm speaking for us together corporately. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us this morning. Give us more of your spirit. Reveal to us what our gifts are and give us the courage, the faith, the boldness and the authority to step into those gifts so that we can bring hope to the hopeless. We can bring healing to the hurting. We can be, bring restoration in relationships. It is for your glory in Jesus' name, amen.